Appendix 9, Problem Profile Summaries. As part of our research, we've evaluated different problem areas. We drew on work by other groups to assess them on scale, neglectedness, and solvability, a framework we introduced in Chapter 4. We've included summaries of these problem profiles below, but we're always updating them. So to see the full and most up-to-date versions of the profiles, please go to adk.link vek. We've ranked these problems roughly by our guess at the expected impact of an additional person working on them, assuming your ability to contribute to solving each is similar, though there's a lot of variation in the impact of work within each issue as well. Our top five as of May 2023 are 1. Preventing an AI-related catastrophe 2. Catastrophic pandemics 3. Nuclear war 4. Great power conflict and 5. Climate change we also prioritise issues that enable others to have a greater impact, regardless of which issues turn out to be most pressing. These issues include building effective altruism, global priorities research, and improved decision-making, especially in important institutions. Note that this list changes frequently over time. You can find our up-to-date views on our website, AI-related catastrophe. There will be substantial progress in AI in the next few decades potentially even to the point where machines come to outperform humans in many, if not all, tasks. This could have enormous benefits, helping to solve currently intractable global problems, but could also pose severe risks. These risks could arise accidentally, for example if we don't find technical solutions to concerns about the safety of AI systems, or deliberately, for example if AI systems worsen geopolitical conflict. More work needs to be done to reduce these risks. Some of these risks from advanced AI could be existential, meaning they could cause human extinction or an equally permanent and severe disempowerment of humanity. There have not yet been any satisfying answers to concerns about how this rapidly approaching transformative technology can be safely developed and integrated into our society. Finding answers to these concerns is very neglected and may well be tractable. We estimate that there are around 400 people worldwide working directly on this. As a result, the possibility of AI-related catastrophe may be the world's most pressing problem and the best thing to work on for those who are well-placed to contribute. Promising options for working on this problem include technical research on how to create safe AI systems, strategy research into the particular risks AI might pose, and policy research into ways in which companies and governments could mitigate these risks. If worthwhile policies are developed, we'll need people to put them in place and implement them. There are also many opportunities to have a big impact in a variety of complementary roles, such as operations management, journalism, earning to give, and more, some of which we list below. Our overall view. Recommended. Highest priority. We think this is among the most pressing problems in the world. Scale. AI will have a variety of impacts and has the potential to do a huge amount of good. But we're particularly concerned about the possibility of extremely bad outcomes, especially an existential catastrophe. Some experts on AI risk think that the odds of this are as low as 0.5%. Some think that it's higher than 50%. We're open to either being right. Views on our last staff survey ranged from 1 to 55%, with a median of 15%. Neglectedness. Around $50 million was spent on reducing catastrophic risks from AI in 2020, while billions were spent advancing AI capabilities. While we are seeing increasing concern from AI experts, we estimate there are still only around 400 people working directly on reducing the chances of an AI-related existential catastrophe, with a 90% confidence interval ranging between 200 and 1,000. Of these, it seems like about three-quarters are working on technical AI safety research, with the rest split between strategy and other governance research and advocacy. Solvability. Making progress on preventing an AI-related catastrophe seems hard 
but there are lots of avenues for more research and the field is very young. So we think it's moderately tractable, though we're highly uncertain. Again, assessments of the tractability of making AI safe vary enormously. Read more. See our article at 80,000hours.org slash problem hyphen profiles slash artificial hyphen intelligence for more. Artificial sentience. AI systems in the future may be moral patients. That is, they could deserve moral consideration for their own sake. Why? The biggest reason we're concerned about this is because they could become sentient and so feel conscious pleasure, suffering, and other good and bad feelings. If so, then we will need to ensure that the future goes well not only for humans and animals, but for AI systems themselves. It might sound a bit outlandish to think that AI systems could be sentient, and it's true that we don't have a great understanding of sentience or consciousness. However, many philosophers and consciousness researchers think there's no reason in principle that an artificial system made from silicon couldn't be sentient. One way AI systems could be sentient is if they emulate the computational structure of the human brain. If we are conscious because of the computational structure of our brains, as is plausible, then digital people with the same computational structure would also be sentient. But AI systems that are very different from us might also have their own forms of sentience, in the same way that non-human animals like octopuses might. Our overall view. Sometimes recommended. Working on this problem could be among the best ways of improving the long-term future. But we know of fewer high-impact opportunities to work on this issue than on our top priority problems. Scale. Mistreating sentient systems or allowing them to suffer, whether intentionally or accidentally, perhaps because we don't know that they are sentient, could be a moral catastrophe, analogous to factory farming but on a potentially much larger scale. Unlike with non-human animals, we are actively engaged in the process of designing artificial systems. And it seems very important to get right. Imagine if we mistakenly think that some huge number of systems we create are non-sentient or feeling pleasure when really they are suffering. As AI systems continue to grow in both scale and capability, this issue will grow more and more pressing. Neglectedness. Despite long-standing interest in the question of whether AI systems could be conscious, dating back to the very beginning of the field of AI, rigorous work on artificial sentience is surprisingly neglected, in part because it falls at the intersection of several fields of inquiry. Solvability. We're far from fully understanding this domain. Understanding when or how artificial systems could be conscious is even more difficult than understanding which non-human animals are sentient, because artificial systems can be even more architecturally different to us than animals, do not share our biological substrate, and do not share our evolutionary history. Read more. See our article at 80,000hours.org slash problem hyphen profiles slash artificial hyphen sentience for more. Atomically precise manufacturing. Atomically precise manufacturing is a form of particularly advanced nanotechnology. With atomically precise manufacturing, we can build products out of individual atoms and molecules, allowing us to perfectly create a very wide range of products with very few flaws. Effectively, this would be like having perfect 3D printers that can produce anything. Both the risks and benefits of advances in atomically precise manufacturing seem like they might be significant, and there is currently little effort to shape the trajectory of this technology. However, there is also relatively little investment going into developing atomically precise manufacturing, which reduces the urgency of the issue. Our overall view. Sometimes recommended. Working on this problem could be among the best ways of improving the long-term future, but we know of fewer high-impact opportunities to work on this issue than on our top priority problems. Scale. Ben Snowden, a researcher at Rethink Priorities, guessed there's something like a 4 to 5% probability of advanced nanotechnology arriving by 2040, though he emphasizes the guess is unstable. There appear to be substantial and perhaps even existential risks associated with developing atomically precise manufacturing, 
including widespread ability to unilaterally produce things as destructive as nuclear weapons or catastrophic pandemics and the invention of new kinds of weapons. Neglectedness. Snowden estimates that there is around one full-time equivalent person working on nanotechnology strategy as of 2022. We think that at least two to three people should be working full-time on this issue. Solvability. We're not currently sure what the best things to do to reduce this risk might be. We think more research in this area would be valuable. It might be too early in the technology's development for work on this now to have any concrete impact on atomically precise manufacturing's ultimate trajectory. But it does seem plausible that there are things that could be done, particularly through developing better strategies for managing the development of nanotechnology. These include identifying and accelerating any particular areas of technical research that could make atomically precise manufacturing more likely to be beneficial overall, and researching policy recommendations around atomically precise manufacturing. Read more. See our article at 80,000hours.org slash problem hyphen profiles slash atomically hyphen precise hyphen manufacturing for more. Building effective altruism. Effective altruism is about using evidence and reason to figure out how to benefit others as much as possible and taking action on that basis. See chapter 11. Building effective altruism can increase your impact many times over through influencing other altruists to pursue the very best opportunities for doing good. Past efforts to build effective altruism from giving what we can have already caused over 8,000 people to pledge to donate at least 10% of their income to highly effective charities, with over $220 million donated so far and much more pledged in lifetime donations. Building effective altruism also builds a community that will work on whichever global problems turn out to be most pressing in the future, so it's a good option if you're unsure about which problem is most pressing. Very few people are working on building effective altruism directly. The total staff at effective altruism-aligned organisations is probably about 500, that includes many people who are not involved in building the effective altruism movement, but also excludes some that are, like local group leaders. The combined budgets of organisations that work on building effective altruism is around $25 million. In part because doing so is relatively neglected, we think building effective altruism is one of the most promising ways to improve the world. 80,000 Hours regards itself as an effective altruist organisation, and also wrote this profile, so it should be taken with a grain of salt. On the other hand, if we weren't working on a problem we thought was pressing, we'd be hypocrites. Our overall view. Recommended. Capacity building. This is among the most pressing ways to build capacity to solve global problems. Scale. We think work on building effective altruism has the potential for a very large positive impact. It seems plausible that the effective altruism community could eventually save 100 to 1,000 million quality-adjusted life years, or qualies, per year, by causing 10 to $100 billion per year to be spent on much more effective projects. As an alternative measure, it seems plausible that the effective altruism community could do good equivalent to reducing the risk of human extinction by between 1% and 10%. These estimates are extremely rough and uncertain. Neglectedness. This issue is moderately neglected. Current spending is between $10 million and $100 million per year. Solvability. Making progress on building effective altruism seems moderately to highly tractable. We expect that doubling spending on this issue could perhaps be expected to take us around 10% of the way towards seeing the full potential benefits of the effective altruism community. Read more. See our article at 80,000hours.org slash problem hyphen profiles slash promoting hyphen effective hyphen altruism for more. Catastrophic pandemics. Pandemics, alongside other global catastrophic biological risks, like bioterrorism or biological weapons, pose a substantial existential threat to humanity. As biotech progress continues, it looks increasingly plausible that it will become easier to manufacture extremely dangerous pathogens, whether deliberately or accidentally, 
potentially far worse than the SARS-CoV-2 virus that causes COVID-19. We can prepare for the next pandemic and hopefully head it off before it happens. We're excited about a number of approaches to reduce these risks. For example, we could find technological solutions that make it easier to prevent and treat infections and policy solutions that ensure countries and institutions respond better to pandemics. While there's lots of work going on in this area, very little of this work is focused on the worst case risks. And as a result, we think work to prevent potentially existential pandemics is highly neglected. Our overall view, recommended, highest priority. We think this is among the most pressing problems in the world. Scale. Pandemics, especially engineered pandemics, pose a significant risk to the existence of humanity. We think there is a greater than 1 in 10,000 chance of a biological existential catastrophe within the next 100 years. Neglectedness. Billions of dollars a year are spent on preventing pandemics. Little of this is specifically targeted at preventing biological risks that could be existential. And we think that if you care about future generations, it's particularly important to try to reduce existential risks. As a result, our quality-adjusted estimate suggests that current spending is around $1 billion per year. For comparison with other significant risks, we estimate that hundreds of billions per year are spent on climate change, while tens of millions are spent on reducing risks from AI. Solvability. There are promising existing strategies to improving biosecurity, including both developing technology that could reduce these risks, for example better biosurveillance, and working on strategy and policy to develop plans to prevent and mitigate biological catastrophes. Read more. See our article at 80,000hours.org slash problem hyphen profiles slash preventing hyphen catastrophic hyphen pandemics for more. Alternatively, see our in-depth report, although it was written prior to COVID-19, at 80,000hours.org slash problem hyphen profiles slash preventing hyphen catastrophic hyphen pandemics slash full hyphen report. Climate change. Climate change is going to significantly and negatively impact the world. Its impacts on the poorest people in our society and our planet's biodiversity are cause for particular concern. Looking at the worst possible scenarios, it could be an important factor that increases existential threats from other sources, like great power conflicts, nuclear war, or pandemics. But because the worst potential consequences seem to run through those other sources, and these other risks seem larger and more neglected, we think most readers can have a greater impact in expectation working directly on one of these other risks. We think your personal carbon footprint is much less important than what you do for work, and that some ways of making a difference on climate change are likely to be much more effective than others. In particular, you could use your career to help develop technology or advocate for policy that would reduce our current emissions, or research technology that could remove carbon from the atmosphere in the future. Our overall view. Recommended. Working on this issue seems to be among the best ways of improving the long-term future we know of, but all else equal, we think it's less pressing than our highest priority areas. Scale. We think work to materially reduce the probability of the worst outcomes of climate change would have a large positive impact. However, climate change seems hundreds of times less likely to directly cause human extinction than other risks we're concerned about, like catastrophic pandemics. As a result, if climate change does have catastrophic and potentially long-lasting consequences for human civilization, this will likely be through aggravating other problems such as conflict between great powers. This indirect risk brings the scale of climate change as a problem closer to other extinction risks, although it still seems more than 10 times less likely to cause extinction than nuclear war or pandemics. Our guess is that more people should seriously consider aiming at those issues directly. Neglectedness. Overall, climate change is far less neglected than other issues we prioritise. Current spending is likely over $640 billion per year. Climate change has also received high levels of funding for decades, meaning lots of high-impact work has already occurred.
it also seems likely that as climate change worsens, even more attention will be paid to it, allowing us to do more to combat its worst effects. However, there are likely specific areas that don't get as much attention as they should. Solvability. Climate change seems more tractable than many other global catastrophic risks. This is because there is a clear measure of our success, how much greenhouse gas we are emitting, plus lots of experience seeing what works, so there is clear evidence on how to move ahead. That said, climate change is a tricky global coordination problem, which makes it harder to solve. Read more. See our article at 80,000hours.org slash problem hyphen profiles slash climate hyphen change for more. Easily preventable or treatable illness. Every year, around 10 million people in poorer countries die of illnesses that can be very cheaply prevented or managed, including malaria, HIV, tuberculosis, and diarrhea. Only around $100 per capita is spent annually on the healthcare of people living in low-income countries, adjusted for purchasing power. To put this in context, annual health spending in the EU is over $4,500 per capita, and in the UK it's around $5,000 per capita, and in the US it's nearly $11,000. As a result, there remain many opportunities to scale up treatments that are known to prevent or cure common health conditions in low-income countries. Options for working on the problem include serving as a donor to effective projects, working as an economist in intergovernmental organisations such as the World Bank or World Health Organisation, or starting or working in a non-profit that scales up proven treatments. Our overall view. Sometimes recommend. We'd love to see more people working on this issue. But you might be able to do even more good working on one of our top priority problem areas. Scale. We think work to alleviate global health problems has the potential for a large positive impact. The damage done by easily preventable diseases in the least developed countries plus India amounts to between 200 million dailies, disability-adjusted life years, and 500 million dailies, per year. Neglectedness. This issue is much less neglected than most others we prioritise. Current spending in the least developed countries plus India is about $300 billion per year. Solvability. Making progress on alleviating global health problems seems highly tractable. It's mostly a matter of scaling up approaches that are known with near certainty to work if done correctly. Read more. See our article at 80,000hours.org slash problem hyphen profiles slash health hyphen in hyphen poor hyphen countries for more. Factory farming. There are likely well over 100 billion animals living in factory farms at present. Most experience serious levels of suffering. The problem is neglected relative to its scale. Less than $200 million per year is spent via non-profits trying to solve it. There are promising paths to improving the conditions of factory-farmed animals and supporting progress towards the abolition of factory farming. Options for working on this problem include taking a high-earning job and donating to cost-effective organisations working on the problem, working at effective animal advocacy non-profits directly, working at companies developing animal product alternatives, and advocating for action on the problem as an academic, journalist or politician. Our overall view. Sometimes recommended. We'd love to see more people working on this issue, but you might be able to do even more good working on one of our top priority problem areas. Scale. We think work to reduce the suffering of present and future non-humans has the potential for a large positive impact, given the large numbers that could be affected. Neglectedness. This issue is moderately neglected. Current spending is likely between $100 million and $10 billion per year, depending on how you count commercial investments in animal product alternatives. Solvability. Making progress on reducing the suffering of present and future non-humans seems moderately tractable. There are some plausible ways to make progress, though some efforts have had disappointing results to date. Read more.
See our article at 80,000hours.org slash problem hyphen profiles slash factory hyphen farming for more. Global Priorities Research Every year, governments, foundations, and individuals spend over $500 billion on efforts to improve the world as a whole. They fund research on cures for cancer, rebuilding of areas devastated by natural disasters, and thousands of other projects. $500 billion is a lot of money, but it's not enough to solve all the world's problems. This means that organizations and individuals have to prioritize and pick which global problems they work on. For example, if a foundation wants to improve others' lives as much as possible, should it focus on immigration policy, international development, scientific research, or something else? Or if the government of India wants to spur economic development, should it focus on improving education, healthcare, microeconomic reform, or something else? How should it allocate resources between these options? As we argued in Chapter 5, there are vast differences between the effectiveness of working on different global problems. But of the $500 billion spent each year, only a minuscule fraction, less than 0.01%, is spent on global priorities research, efforts to work out which global problems are the most pressing to work on. With a track record of already influencing hundreds of millions of dollars, future research into global priorities could lead to billions of dollars being spent many times more effectively. As a result, we believe this is one of the highest impact fields you can work in. Our overall view. Recommended. Capacity building. This is among the most pressing ways to build capacity to solve global problems. Scale. We think work on global priorities research has the potential for a very large positive impact. It seems plausible that better prioritization within international organizations, nonprofits, and governments could help lower extinction risk by between 1% and 10%, raise global economic output by more than 10%, or otherwise considerably improve the expected value of the future. Neglectedness. This issue is highly neglected. Current spending might be between $5 million and $10 million per year. Solvability. Making progress on global priorities research seems moderately tractable, though it varies a lot depending on the issues being investigated, with more applied and empirical questions often being more tractable. We'd guess that doubling the resources going toward this issue could take us something like 1% of the way toward the full benefits of better prioritization. Read more. See our article at 80,000hours.org slash problem hyphen profiles slash global hyphen priorities hyphen research for more. Great power conflict. Economic growth and technological progress have changed the arsenals of the world's most powerful countries. As a result, the next war between them could be far worse than World War II, the deadliest conflict humanity has yet experienced. Could such a war actually occur? The possibility can't be ruled out. Technical accidents or diplomatic misunderstandings could lead to accidental conflict that quickly escalates. Or international tension could lead decision-makers to start a conflict purposefully if they think they're better off fighting than negotiating. It seems hard to make progress on this problem. It's also less neglected than some of the problems that we think are most pressing. There are certain issues, like making nuclear weapons or military artificial intelligence systems safer, which seem promising although it may be more impactful to work on reducing risks from AI, bioweapons, or nuclear weapons directly. You might also be able to reduce the chances of misunderstandings and miscalculations by developing expertise in one of the most important bilateral relationships, such as that between the United States and China. Finally, by working on making conflict less likely, reducing competitive pressures on the development of dangerous technology, and improving international cooperation, you might be able to reduce the chances of many different kinds of other disasters, such as future pandemics. Our overall view, recommended. Working on this issue seems to be among the best ways of improving the long-term future that we know of. But all else equal, we think it's less pressing than our highest priority areas, primarily because it seems relatively less neglected and also harder to solve. Scale. 
there's a significant chance that a new great power war occurs this century. Although the world's most powerful countries haven't fought directly since World War II, war has been a constant throughout human history. There have been numerous close calls, and there are several flashpoints that are likely to cause diplomatic disputes in the years to come. As a result, by assessing various estimates and models, we'd suggest there's about a one in three chance that a new great power war breaks out in roughly the next 30 years. Few new wars cause more than 10 million casualties, and it's most likely that a new great power war will remain smaller than that. However, there's some chance it could escalate massively. Modern great powers have much larger economies, more powerful weapons, and larger military budgets than they did in the past. An all-out war could kill far more people than even World War II, the worst war we've yet experienced. The chance of an existentially threatening war, one that could cause human extinction or significantly damage the prospects of the long-term future, in the next century is very difficult to estimate. But it would be hard to justify an estimate lower than 1%. Neglectedness. War is a lot less neglected than some of our other top problems. There are thousands of people in governments, think tanks and universities already thinking about this problem and working hard to mitigate it. But some solutions or approaches remain neglected. One particularly promising approach is to develop expertise at the intersection of international conflict and another of our top problems. Experts who understand both geopolitical dynamics and risks from advanced artificial intelligence are sorely needed, for example. Solvability. Reducing the risk of great power war seems very difficult, but there seem to be specific technical problems that can be solved to make weapon systems safer or less likely to trigger catastrophic outcomes. And in the best case, working on this problem can have a leverage effect making the development of several dangerous technologies safer by improving international cooperation and making them less likely to be deployed in war. Read more. See our article at 80,000hours.org slash problem hyphen profiles slash great hyphen power hyphen conflict for more. Improving decision-making, especially in important institutions. Working to help governments and other important institutions improve their decision-making in complex high-stakes decisions, especially relating to global catastrophic risks, could potentially be among the most important problems to work on. But there's a lot of uncertainty about how tractable this problem is to work on and what the best solutions to implement would be. Our overall view. Recommended. Capacity building. We think working on this issue may be among the best ways of improving prospects for the long-term future, though we're not as confident in this area as we are in others, in part because we're not sure what's most valuable within it. Scale. We think this kind of work could have a large positive impact. Improvements could lead to more effective allocation of resources by foundations and governments, faster progress on some of the world's most pressing problems, reduced risks from emerging technologies, or reduced risks of conflict. And if this work could reduce the likelihood of an existential catastrophe, which doesn't seem out of the question, it could be one of the best ways to improve the prospects for the long-term future. Neglectedness. Parts of this issue seem extremely neglected. For the sorts of interventions we're most excited about, we'd guess there are around 100 to 1,000 people working on them full-time, depending on how you count. But how neglected this makes the issue overall is unclear. Many, many more researchers and consultancies work on improving decision-making broadly, for example by helping companies hire better, and many existing actors have vested interests in how institutions make decisions, which may cause them to resist certain reforms. Solvability. Making progress on improving decision-making in high-stakes situations seems moderately tractable. There are techniques that we have some evidence can improve decision-making, and past track records suggest more research funding directed to the best researchers in this area could be quite fruitful. However, some of these techniques might soon hit a wall in their usefulness. And it's unclear how easy it will be to get improved decision-making practices implemented in crucial institutions. Read more. 
See our article at 80,000hours.org slash problem hyphen profiles slash improving hyphen institutional hyphen decision hyphen making for more. Mental health. Improving mental health seems like one of the most direct ways of making people better off, since it's specifically targeted at their subjective experience, and it could be particularly effective in the developing world. Our guess is that improving physical health in poor countries is still likely to have a bigger impact on welfare for the same resources, given that there are several common diseases we can treat easily with more funding. But we're not sure. Our overall view. Sometimes recommended. We'd love to see more people working on this issue, but you might be able to do even more good working on one of our top priority problem areas. Scale. Around one in every nine people lives with a diagnosable mental health disorder. These disorders are responsible for 5% of the global burden of disease, as measured in disability-adjusted life years, or dailies, and 15% of all years lived with disability. Neglectedness. Mental health in general gets much less attention than physical health from people thinking about how to make the world a better place, because it's not as well understood. This means it's more neglected, but also likely means it's harder to make progress. Improving mental health in the developing world might be an area where you can have a substantial impact, because it is particularly neglected by existing institutions and markets. Solvability. There are several promising areas for research into mental health that appear to have not yet been adequately explored. Read more. See our article at 80,000hours.org slash problem hyphen profiles slash neglected hyphen mental hyphen health for more. Nuclear war. Nuclear weapons have the potential to kill hundreds of millions of people directly and billions due to subsequent effects on agriculture. The potential for a nuclear winter poses some unknown risk of human extinction or of a social collapse from which we never recover. There are many examples of moments in which the US or Russia appear to have come close to accidentally or deliberately using their nuclear weapons, so a nuclear war between global powers might not be as unlikely as it seems. However, nuclear security is already a major topic of interest for governments, making it harder to have an impact relative to other global problems. Most opportunities to influence the risk of nuclear weapons seem to be through work in the military or foreign policy institutions, or research in the think tanks that offer them ideas for how to lower the risk of nuclear conflict. Some less conventional approaches could involve working independently to improve relationships between people in the nuclear powers, or trying to improve the resilience of our food supply in the case of a serious agricultural collapse. Our overall view. Recommended. Working on this issue seems to be among the best ways of improving the long-term future we know of, but all else equal, we think it's less pressing than our highest priority areas. Scale. We believe work to reduce the probability of nuclear war has the potential for a large positive impact, as nuclear war would have devastating effects, both directly and also through secondary effects, such as nuclear winter. We think the chance of nuclear war per year is around 0.01 to 2%. Assuming this remains constant, the chance of a nuclear war is 10 to 85% in the next 100 years, although we expect this yearly chance will decrease over time. Estimates of existential risk from nuclear war within the next 100 years range from 0.005% to 1%. We think the direct existential risk from nuclear war, that is not including secondary effects, is less than 0.01%. The indirect existential risk seems around 10 times higher. Neglectedness. This issue is not as neglected as most other issues we prioritize. Current spending is between a billion dollars and 10 billion dollars per year quality adjusted. Solvability. Making progress on nuclear security seems somewhat tractable. While many routes to progress face significant political controversy, there may also be some more neglected ways to reduce this risk. Read more. See our article at 80,000hours.org slash problem hyphen profiles slash nuclear hyphen security for more. Space governance. 
Humanity's long-run future could be vast in scale and duration, because almost all of it could lie beyond Earth. As private interest in space increases, early work on space governance could positively shape that spacefaring future, and make it less likely that a future in space goes irreversibly wrong. Of course, it also matters that humanity avoids catastrophe in the meantime, and space governance, focused on arms control and diplomacy, can help here too, mostly by reducing the risk of great power conflict. However, the path to making a really important difference on these issues looks much less clear and robust than in some of our other top recommended areas. Our overall view. Sometimes recommended. Working on this problem could be among the best ways of improving the long-term future, but we know of fewer high-impact opportunities to work on this issue than on our top priority problems. Scale. Creating the right foundations for space governance today could end up being enormously valuable if that work positively influences how space is governed in the long run. In any case, the value of reducing the chance of conflict between spacefaring nations is large. Neglectedness. Many aspects of space governance look significantly less neglected than other issues we prioritize, though it's still more neglected than most issues people focus on. Several think tanks already address legal and defense-related issues in space, and there seem to be around 400 to 500 people working directly on space governance. However, at the time of writing, we think fewer than five people are working on researching space governance from a long-termist perspective, and maybe no more than the equivalent of one person working full-time. Solvability. It should be feasible to make progress on some research areas within space governance, such as arms control and dealing with space debris. But other areas could be unusually speculative. When it comes to influencing decisions, things look more difficult. It might be most feasible to get agreement on issues that aren't urgent, like questions about settling beyond the solar system. But deliberations about space governance are led by powerful actors, countries and companies, that are mostly guided by existing interests. In the majority of cases, it will probably be hard to shift the course of those deliberations. However, academics and think tank researchers are in some cases able to influence policymakers, and you could try to shape space governance by going into policy or private industry yourself. Read more. See our article at 80,000hours.org slash problem hyphen profiles slash space hyphen governance for more. Stable totalitarianism. Economist Brian Kaplan has written about the worry that stable totalitarianism that is, a global totalitarian regime that lasts for an extremely long period of time, could arise in the future. Especially if we move toward a more unified world government, or if certain technologies make it possible for totalitarian leaders to rule for longer. Stable global totalitarianism would be an example of what Toby Ord calls an enforced, unrecoverable dystopia. Ord categorizes this as a form of existential risk. Although humanity would not be extinct, an unrecoverable dystopia would mean losing out on the possibility of a good future for future generations. In this way, a truly perpetual dystopia would be as bad as, or possibly even worse than, outright extinction. We think that more attention should be paid to the technological changes that could make a perpetual totalitarian regime possible. More sophisticated surveillance techniques, which could either be developed to monitor the possession of potentially dangerous technologies, or for other less laudable ends could greatly enhance the ability for totalitarian regimes to persist. And, lie detection technology may soon see large improvements due to advances in machine learning or brain imaging. Better lie detection technology could improve cooperation and trust between groups by allowing people to prove they are being honest in high-stakes scenarios. On the other hand, it might increase the stability of totalitarian regimes by helping them avoid hiring, or remove, anyone who isn't a true believer in their ideology. We're also concerned about advances in AI making robust totalitarianism more likely to be possible. AI-enabled totalitarianism would be even more concerning if we believe that we should have some concern for artificial sentience. 
This is because it seems plausible that it would be even easier to enforce a totalitarian regime over simulated beings, for example by resetting a simulation to a point before the leaders of the regime lose control. Our overall view, sometimes recommended. Working on this problem could be among the best ways of improving the long-term future, but we know of fewer high-impact opportunities to work on this issue than our other top priority problems. Scale. Overall, Kaplan thinks that there is a 5% risk of perpetual totalitarianism within the next 1,000 years. We think the risk of this is much lower. Most forms of long-lasting totalitarianism won't be truly perpetual. But any long-lasting totalitarianism would cause an immense amount of suffering and would be worth substantial effort to avoid. Neglectedness. We're not currently aware of anyone working full-time on risks from stable totalitarianism, so we believe this area is highly neglected. Solvability. We'd be excited to see further analysis and testing of Kaplan's argument, as well as people working on how to limit the potential risks from these technologies and political changes if they do come about. We're unsure overall on where the balance of risks from surveillance lies. It's hard to say whether the increase in safety from potentially existential catastrophes like advanced bioweapons is or is not worth risks to political freedom. As a result, it may be especially useful to develop ways of making surveillance more compatible with privacy and public oversight. We'd also be excited about people working specifically on reducing the risks of stable totalitarianism that could arise as a result of the development of AI, though we're not sure exactly what this kind of work would look like. Read more. See our article at 80,000hours.org slash problem hyphen profiles slash risks hyphen of hyphen stable hyphen totalitarianism for more. Wild animal suffering. It's easy for us to think of the natural world without human intervention as unambiguously positive. To imagine that wild animals live harmoniously with one another in a natural balance. But advocates for wild animal welfare argue that this attitude ignores the huge amounts of suffering present in nature. Moreover, the large, healthy adult vertebrates we usually picture, like foxes, songbirds or lions, are a very small proportion of overall wild animal population. Almost all wild animals are actually juvenile invertebrates. This means that the actual day-to-day lives of wild animals are pretty different from how we'd expect. Animal lives are mostly quite short, In some species, only one in millions of juveniles survive to adulthood and are filled with disease, parasitism, hunger, thirst, fear of predators, and suffering from heat or cold. Wild animals often die in very drawn-out, painful ways, and most die at a fraction of their possible lifespan. Our overall view, sometimes recommended. We'd love to see more people working on this issue, but you might be able to do even more good working on one of our top priority problem areas. Scale. There are huge numbers of wild animals. Collectively, wild land vertebrates probably number between 10 to the power of 11 and 10 to the power of 14. Wild marine vertebrates number at least 10 to the power of 13, and perhaps a few orders of magnitude higher. Terrestrial and marine arthropods each probably number at least 10 to the power of 18. We can't know for sure what it's like to be a wild animal, but we can observe that many or even most wild animals live in conditions that would be considered extremely cruel to inflict on a human or a domesticated animal. Neglectedness. Very little effort goes towards trying to reduce the suffering of wild animals, even within the broader field of animal welfare. There might be good reasons for this because it seems so hard to solve, but at present the field is extremely neglected. Solvability. Wild animal welfare seems much less tractable than, for example, farmed animal welfare, where we've seen lots of wins recently and where humans are the unambiguous cause of the suffering. In the comparatively much newer and smaller field of wild animal welfare, it's much less clear what exactly we should do. It's also very hard to accurately predict the effects of our actions on ecosystems because they're so complicated, so it seems like the interventions that we can be confident won't do harm are currently limited. 
This may point to additional reasons to build this research field. Because the area is so neglected, there might be many opportunities to discover more ways of reliably helping wild animals in the future. Read more. See our article at 80,000hours.org slash problem hyphen profiles slash wild hyphen animal hyphen welfare for more.